a little refresher. Jesus said, it's been given to you to know the secret of the kingdom of God. So what is the secret of the kingdom of God? You guys remember? What is it? Christ in us, the anointing in us. That's what he said, this, this mysterion, this secret that's been hidden for ages. So was, was Christ in you, always in you? Yeah, isn't that amazing? It says it's been in you and hidden for ages. Um, it's not this weird transaction that I, when I was 13, I said the sinner's prayer and he jumped into me. It's a, this truth that it's been hidden for ages that uh, now is revealed. The anointing in you. And uh, I think I'll do a service on that sometimes. I'll go back and, and look at the, the prophets, kings, and priests of the, the types and shadows in the Old Testament. Like when the anointing came on David or when the anointing came on even Saul, right? And uh, what happens? Like, like favor starts rushing into their lives and, and abundance and everything. And that's a picture of us. Every one of us carry the anointing, amen? So all of us should be looking like that. that uh, uh, and it's within, though, the anointing in you. And the other thing is the other time Jesus talks about the secret of the kingdom of God is the parable of the sower. And then he explains it to the disciples. And he says, listen, if you don't understand this parable, you don't understand anything about the kingdom. So... Um, it's really fascinating because I bet if I went into most churches and I go, give me the secret of the kingdom of God, they couldn't tell you. So what are they doing every Sunday, right? <laughs> if this is the parable that uh, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand any parable about the kingdom. So what are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. They're telling you to behave, right? They're, they're trying to correct your behavior versus change your hearts and minds, which is that's the divine part of us. So the secret of the kingdom of God in the parable, as he said, he equated it like this, is your heart is soil. So just as you plant a seed... In soil, if you plant an apple seed, like Martin was talking about, what happens? You get an apple, 100%, apple tree. And Stephen Melton corrected me, which was correct, actually. Uh, and he's like, you didn't go far enough. I go, you're right. Whereas, so that little apple tree, like Martin weighed it, and uh, I forget what he said, but it's a grain, basically. There's 437.5 grains in an ounce when you reload. Does that sound right? You're next cop, right? Yeah, it depends on your load. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So think about that, though. That, that there's 437 of those apple seeds in one ounce, yet that apple seed, when it's planted in the soil, knows exactly how to divide, how to develop, create this multi-ton tree all by its own. And yet then it produces, what, more apples with more seed. Isn't that interesting? And it's just this thing. And it, he talks about that. The seed has within itself the, the ability to recreate. And so he goes, this is how the kingdom works. Whatever you plant in your heart, no matter what, is going to do what? Grow. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. It's like, it doesn't matter. The thought itself. So when you plant the right thoughts in your heart, that's when we're talking about, it knows how to do it itself. It's, our job is not to try to figure it out. Most people are trying to analyze it and this and plan and, and do all this stuff. It's like, no. He says, guard your heart with everything you got. Keep your intention on him. Think on these things that are lovely, etc. Whatever you plant in your heart. Guess what? It knows how to do it. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. So isn't that cool? And then I, I love the science behind it. So we're talking a little bit about the science because uh, um, I really want to do this with some of you guys. If some of you guys are open to it, maybe at, at our house, whatever. But just some of this meditative prayer is so good. It's so good. It's, it's like, God, man, any of your issues, we can honestly take care of it. it uh, um, because it's real. It's real to me. So anyway, um, let's just go. Th so uh, I want to share some things with you. What um, I was showing Barb is... Uh, I love the fact that these, these scientists with data, that's what it's, it's not this mystical thing. And I think a lot of people are, are uh, um, 
Well, you've heard me say this over the last few months as the Christians go, I don't believe it unless it's in the Bible. Um, man, Stephen, they should go listen to Peter Enns, huh? Go see, because like here, here's what's interesting. All the biblical historians all come up with the same conclusion is, is we were all taught from this high, the Bible is the word of God and there's no errors in it. Well, there's all kinds, guys. And so once you realize, hey, why, a lot of these Bible letters and stories, etc. how did Peter N. say it? They're true, they're just not literal, right? So if you're going to take the Bible literally, like Genesis is, mythology, is myth. So when you start trying to make it, it was written as myth, right? And so when you try to make it fit into the Bible says it, so that's it, man, we're in trouble because it says a lot of things that you don't want to do and you, you behave way better than a lot of the times in the Old Testament how they portray God. You do, right? And so... Um, and the, but then the other side is, the, is uh, what's really fascinating to me is now the neuroscientists and stuff are getting better results than the Christians. So don't you think that's where we should own that space? Is Because uh, if anybody should understand this, it should be us. So I'm trying to just show you how simple this really is and uh, how the kingdom is supposed to be worked. Because let me just share some things with you. Is, um, some of you guys have... Uh, one of the neuroscientists I really like is Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you ever going to go look at his stuff. And... Um, but he's, he's doing this with data, guys. They've got like eight to 10,000 case studies now where they do brain scans and, and encephalograms and they, they measure uh, EKGs and their, their heart-mind coherence and all this stuff. But check this out. This is what's happening with these guys. Um, they, they took a group of diabetics and they gave them uh, a meal and tested their blood sugar. Then they gave their meal, tested their blood sugar. And then an hour later, they, all they did is they had them watch comedy for an hour. And so the guys who didn't watch comedy, guess what? Blood sugar's a mess. They needed their medication, right? The guys who watched comedy, they can show that 23 new genes were turned on just by being joyful, happy, that regulate blood sugar. Is that cool or is that cool? I think that's cool. So Parkinson's disease, they have the, they have the guy's brain scan. They start teaching them how to um, think on the right things with a they use, they use, I'll use scientific terms like they did, with an elevated emotion. It sounds a lot like uh, uh, Paul in Philippians 4 where he says, think on these things, things that are lovely, pure, if there's any virtue. Those are elevated emotions. And they, if, you, if you look at it on the scale, anger, murder, strife, all the things of the works of the flesh in Galatians have these really low frequencies. And gratitude and love are at the top. Gratitude, love, giving, it's really fascinating. There are all these really high frequencies. Because guess what? That's how, that's love, right? So anyway, so they have this guy with Parkinson's disease do a brain scan. Four days later, it's gone, the brain scan. Isn't that cool? So uh, they, they just had one where this, they, this guy had brain trauma because he had gone through a, a um, front, front of a windshield in a car accident and he was confined to a wheelchair. So literally they have a brain scan where part of his brain shut down. It's like dead, you know? And... Uh, at four days later, they go through teaching them really just meditative prayer. Think on these things, all the things we've been talking about. Brain scan's perfect, and he was able to stand up. Not walk perfectly yet, but stand up. In four days. Isn't that good? So here's, here's what they call it. They, they, it's so funny to me, because once you start getting this, you're like, God, it's all the same, man. Why are Christians so bugged out about this stuff? Because it's beautiful, actually. What I love about science, what we were talking about, because Barbara and I come from a science background, science, if it's true science, it means you can duplicate it hey, this is how science is, now we can repeat it. So after watching something, it's like, this is so easy, man. I could teach this to anybody right now. Then what I said is like, this is actually easy once you understand it. 
And uh, what's really cool is, is um, uh, yeah, he, he, they call it spontaneous remission. Christians would go, that's a miracle, right? Hey, miracles should be our normalcy. It's really, all you're really doing, in my opinion, is you're tapping into the divinity that we have, that if Jesus is this, this, this time that all time wraps around, and it's, it's really hard to get our, our minds around because we think linear, and he's not, and, and uh, he sits outside of time. But if everything's available, even perfect health, as soon as you get, start to receive what's freely been given to you, it can happen really fast because there's no time, right? And so they call it spontaneous remission. I would just call it the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's how it works, right? So anyway, I'm, I'm excited to teach this stuff to you. You guys, you like this stuff or no? I love this stuff, man. It's just, oh, because it's so real to me. And, um, and it's none of this Jesus and all this weird stuff. In fact, that, that's a funny story about, I, I shouldn't say that. Um, yeah. See, here's the grace of God. This is how the grace of God works. Um, and I've never met the guy. That's why I was like, I shouldn't do this. But you, Todd Bentley, the Lakeland thing, right? We were just talking about miracles, and, and uh, the very first place Todd Bentley ever did a service was in Abbotsford, British Columbia, at Brad's church. What? For the youth. He came in and did this, and uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but I remember it, because it was like people, he was like, Mike, it was the craziest thing, because um, all of it was like this weird kind of fake stuff, and yet God's grace, people were being healed. And I was like, Brad, that's because... He hyped it up so much, people went in there believing they were going to be healed. And I'm like, that's what it is. It's like, hey, if placebo works 81% of the time as medicine, what's going on there? It's not the medicine, right? It's the thinking that's finally this hope that, man, if you take this medicine, it's finally going to cure you. And people get so, they're, they're, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. According to your faith, What? That's how it works. Be done to you. He goes, I freely give everything. You can have it at any time. So I'm going to try to teach you guys how to have it now. Does that make sense? Wouldn't it be better to have it now than later? And the truth is, do you have it now? You do. That's what's interesting. So what's the holdup? Not God. He goes, I don't withhold any good things. So it's our heart and minds that, and it shouldn't be this negative thing. So if there's something going on, what Barbara and I have learned to do is uh, if there's something negative going on in our life, we get excited about it because we're like, I have the ability to fix this. Our emotions are there to go, hey, if I'm worrying about something, if, I'm, if I've got anger about something, if I'm short, if I'm anxious, if, then there's a program in my heart. I'm believing the wrong thing either about myself or God. And it's just telling me, hey, wake up. You don't have to live like this. Does that make sense? So does that help you guys? So don't get, don't get negative about it, about, uh, man, I, I should, I'm a Christian. I should be so much further. I shouldn't be struggling with this, all this stuff. Uh, to me, I'm just, with all that, I'm like, just welcome to the planet, man. It's uh, welcome to life on earth. It's, we all see dimly, but we're trying to see more and more, right? And trying to see what's freely, freely available to every one of us at all times as his son. You guys get it? All right, let's go to this first slide. And because uh, I know there's a Cowboys-Rams game, right? So uh, Kansas City won, I'm assuming. They were ahead of the Colts. Okay, what happened to your Seahawks? <laughs> I don't care if you, huh? I thought maybe you were just humbled and you weren't sporting it anymore. Oh, huh? They did lay an egg. That was ugly, man. So anyway, all right. So 
No, he's great. I said, when he came into my house the other night, he had his, didn't have a Seahawks hat on, though he had his Yankees hat. I said, good to see you clean up a little bit, man. So, uh, um, all right. So, Jesus comes on the scene, and he goes, hey, the kingdom of God is what? Spiritual. It's spiritual. You can't see it, right? And Hebrews talks about this. By faith, we realize that everything was created by things we can't see. Doesn't it say that? So, everything's created not out of nothingness, but out of what? The Holy Spirit, really, right? It's, it's out of nothingness. It's, it's, uh, it's things we can't see. And it says, by faith, we understand that everything we see here is created by things we can't see. And we're created in his image. So think about this. His image is short for what? Imagination, right? Does, does that make sense? So he sees something, and guess what happens? It is. Isn't that interesting? And we're created the same way. We're created that way. So, it's, so the kingdom of God is spiritual and controls the physical. Jesus said it's not that which is without, so outside of a man that defiles a man. And I, I'm just telling you, most of us, when we're babies, we understand this. When we're little kids, we understand this. Is that we use our imagination. We use our, uh, we use our trust in our parents and, and institutions. And, and I was telling Barb, I said, little kids just trust. And as is, is bad as my upbringing was, violent and abusive and everything else. I remember clearly, I must have been like three or four in a grocery store going, I've got the best mom and dad in the world. But unfortunately, somewhere in that age group, we start believing wrong things about ourselves. So if there's violence in the house and this and that, we start to take it on ourselves because we think mom and dad are just the best. And every child is, grows up that way. They, they just like, and then we learn like, hey, it's not so good. Um, but uh, everything I was taught was external stuff. Do this, then this will happen, Right? And it's just not that way. It's, it's, hey, work on your heart and mind. Then the physical starts to change. It's really fascinating. So um, it is not that which is without that defiles a man. In fact, before that, he goes, hey, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, right? In fact, I was talking to Les a little bit again today um, about he, he wants to do this thing where I was like, bro, we got to get their minds, if they really want to get their, their physical fitness and everything else. And, you know, he was talking about diet and all this stuff. I was like, I got to remind you of this, man. It's not about meat and drink. Oh, you want to hear another cool one? Just uh, Peter Dispenza, he was talking about this. So they did this um, they did a study of these uh, uh, housekeepers. Um, he said, hey, there was, a, there was a group of Latino housekeepers in Texas. They did this study. And he said they were, they were uh, uh, our maids at a hotel. And he goes, they're yanking out beds and scrubbing tubs. And like they were burning a, a lot of calories, you know, just exercising, et cetera. And he said, yet all of them were obese. And so here's what they did, meaning they shouldn't have been. So here's what they did is they took, they took half of them and they said, hey, guys, this is how this thing works. You're exercising, you're doing all these things. And uh, did you know that just by doing all this stuff, your waist is going to get slimmer, your, your muscle mass is going to go up, and uh, you're going to lose weight because you're doing so much exercise. And the other group, they didn't tell anything. They just let them keep doing their maid duties. Within one month, most of their heartbeat, their hearts dropped 10, 10 beats, or 10%, I think it was. But uh, all of them had thinner waists. All of them started to lose weight by nothing, changing nothing, but putting that intention in their heart. So that's what I'm telling Les. I was like, whatever you do, Les, we've got to work on their heart. So it's not, I said, if you, if you do a fitness program where it's by willpower, it'll suck. It'll be like every other one. And I, I don't want to do it, right? And that's why I was just sharing that with him again. I just go, man, I don't do anything you do. I never have health issues. I mean, 
whatever. <laughs> if you eat with me for a week, you might be appalled, but I'm healthy. <laughs> like, are you going to eat that? Times two, man. So, yes, because it's not what's anything that's outside. It's within the heart that defiles a man. Does that make sense? And it's real. You, go, you can go look this one up, too. The University of Kansas, the guy did nothing. He was going to show this. So he's a professor at the University of Kansas. Remember me talking about this? Go Google it. You'll find it. All he did was eat Little Debbie snack cakes for six months. And all of his things improved. Right? <laughs> I'm like, now that's a man after my own heart right there. So anyway, all right. So it's really real. What I'm trying to tell you, the spiritual controls everything. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay? Now, I'm, not, I'm all for if you want to eat healthy for more energy, but it has nothing to do with health. Okay? What's in that? What's within that has health? So, so here's Second Corinthians three. Paul is talking about this. As a res- he's talking about over and over and over the, this whole thing spiritual, right? Everybody's looking for a physical kingdom and everything else. As a result of our ministry, you are living letters written by Christ. He, he's talking about the people are living letters, not with ink, but by the Spirit of the Living God. Not carved onto stone tablets, but on the tablets of tender hearts. Isn't that what he said at, at Pentecost? Peter says, "Listen." Um, this is what was prophesied in the book of Joel, that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, and everybody's going to know me from the least to the greatest, and I'm going to write my commandments on your heart. And this is where we struggle, I think, is, uh, I was talking to Brad about this as Western Christians, since we're trained that the Bible is this, I'm like, what did they do for the first four centuries? They kicked butt, because <laughs> they understood it was spiritual. Does that make sense? And that's why it's so pure to me. It was like, hey, is, is, uh, is, is Scripture great? Yes, but it has to bow to Jesus Christ. Because uh, he's, Jesus didn't say, when I send the Bible four centuries from now, it's going to guide you all to, into all truth. He didn't say that, right? What did he say? I'm going to send my spirit, and it's going to guide you into all truth. So it's spiritual, guys. Everything has to be in here. And so I loved what Brad was talking about, how people don't even know him, but they know him, Right? And my friend that, was, that I talked to in Phoenix, and it was great for us because she's like, I believe in the universe and my spokes. It's legal in Colorado, so I don't really care what you do. Uh, and I was sharing with her, I said, but if you could describe God, what would he look like? I learned that from Brad. And, and she just starts talking about he would be like this and perfectly loving. And, and she's even quoting scripture. And it's like, Shante, you're quoting scripture beautifully. She goes, well, that's weird. I've never read it. Isn't that beautiful? Did you meet her? Yeah, she's a little spark plug, huh? It's uh, pretty fun. So anyway, I'm like, yes, you know him. You know him. It's beautiful, actually. You know him. So anyway, um, hey, our ministry is not being carved on stones or written in ink. Isn't that interesting? Don't yell at me. Yell at Paul. So not carved on the tablets of stone, but tablets of our tender hearts. We carry this confidence where? In our hearts, because of our union with Christ before God. Verse 6, he alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant, not like the old one, written on stones or ink. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law. Hey, I'm going to read this and know, know what Christ's all about. But on through the power of the Spirit, the letter of the law, what? Kills, but what happens? The Spirit pours out life, and you guys have all heard that. Even, this is from the Passion Translation. So if you, they, have, they have bookmarks in there, and, and you've heard us talk about that. It says, to show this, that 3,000 people died when the law was given on Mount Sinai, but when the Spirit was given at Pentecost, 3,000 people were renewed with life. That, that, like the, the revelation of life 
jumped up in their heart. Does that make sense? So you get this, right? It's not about intimacy is within, guys. Is, can Scripture lead us there? Yes, it's, it's beautiful, but you always have to, uh, and I think um, uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff recorded a service, or not a service, but Chris Abeda asking um, Brad before the fellowship that I think you guys are really going to like. It's a lot of these tough questions that we, that we deal with, like, well, now what? If, if God wasn't angry and he didn't have to penalize us, he forgave us, what's this death all about? And what well, is all this stuff? I think a lot of us have those questions, right? And, uh, and we wrestle with all that stuff, but at the end of the day, here's what Barb and I always do. If we can't figure it out, we go, it all has to center around love. And does it look like Jesus? And Jesus let the little kids jump on his lap. He, he, he freely healed everybody he came in contact with. He, he, it didn't matter what their behavior was, whether it was the tax collector, the prostitute. And he never changes. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father and the Holy Spirit. So he freely heals, he freely gives, he does everything free just because that's who he is. And he won't change. So whatever scripture doesn't fit that, I know we're, we're either don't have the understanding or uh, something's amiss, but I can just rest in, he is the word of God that was made flesh. So that may help you. Um, and uh, I know, like Stephen, you were saying, Peter Enns has really helped you a lot in the last days. Some of you guys that are really struggling with, it would have been so freeing to me to, to understand how scripture was put together a little bit so I didn't have to, it's true, but we don't have to take every word in there literal because it frees you up from the, the tough text. Does that make sense? So anyway, like the, like the whole deal about Jesus going, hey, if you deny me before man, I'm going to deny you before Christ. So we always thought, I was taught, like, if you're ever in a public place and they ask you, you go, oh, it's Jesus. Because if I don't do that, he's going to deny me before the Father, right? Is that how you guys, I was taught. <laughs> Literally, when you understand it, it's this. Is it says, um, if you say about yourself that you're a sinner, not in Christ, um, not worthy, not as, not as, have the same weight as me, then I will contradict you before the Father. I'll say, no, Father, they're wrong. They are worthy. They are loved. They are as weighty as me. Does that make sense? And literally that word is contradict. He goes, if you contradict me before men, I'll contradict me before the Father. He's talking about the religious leaders. He goes, if you say those Gentiles aren't in, I'm going to contradict you before the Father. So Scripture starts to get beautiful again once you really start understanding, hey, we got to look at it through the lens of Christ. Does that make sense? Will he ever deny you? No, because perfect love would never deny you, and he's perfect love. That's where if you get stuck, he is love, he's light. And we know if somebody knows him because they love I'm so excited for Christians to get to meet him someday. It's, uh, I, I mean that with all my heart, like Brad was talking about, is if we can't understand um, why did Jesus have to die then, if it wasn't just out of love, then the, the question comes up like, well, have you really met him? Because I'm convinced that when people go, I know the name of Jesus, even what Brad was talking about, I go, I don't think they do. They, they know in English his name is J-E-S-U-S, but it means I'm intimate with salvation. So to know the name of Jesus means I know I'm surnamed in the family and I'm intimate with who he is. And I think most Christians run around saying, I know the name of Jesus, have no clue how good he actually is. They're not, in, they're not it's, it's hard to have sexual intimacy with a book. Right? And that's what Paul's talking about. He goes, it's spiritual. It's, it's, a, it's, the, it's the spirit of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's that perfect love and compassion and gratitude when you're intimate with that. Does that make sense? That is knowing. I'm, I know I'm intimate with that 
surname that I'm God's family. You guys get it? All right. Well, let's say I want to have sexual intimacy with my wife. I'm going to be greatly deprived if she goes, ah, here's a book, read about me. That's how we've treated scripture. Does that make sense? Well, why not? If he's your husband, it's a really sad deal. <laughs> Men, is that a sad deal? At least it is in my house. I'm like, no, no, sweetie, no, that won't work. <laughs> no, sorry. Jeez. Um, <laughs> because it's a beautiful thing. He created it to, to have intimacy, right? It's this beautiful, hey, listen, that, that inti- he, all, all creation speaks of him is what it says. So the whole idea of the father, uh, a father and a mother coming together in this perfect love union, what does it produce? offspring so we can share life with them right and so that's where when you see the father and the holy spirit is always feminine in hebrew so the father and the 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 feminine part the spirit what does it produce a son does that make sense so anyway martha you got me all mixed up man so but you guys i think it's very it's very graphic for me to go man we've been trying to have intimacy by following rules and that's just not going to work. You're not really going to have this intimacy with him that he wants you to have. So, all right, let's go. So he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Peter talks about this. So we can be partakers of what? The divine nature, divinity, right? This godly thing. And so 2 Peter 1, 3, his divine power has given us how many things? Is anything outside of everything? No, he's given us everything we need for life physical things, and godliness, spiritual, through the intimacy, that knowledge. It, see, this is where I think we miss it. We start looking at that word knowledge of, I know about it because I read about it. Well, you, can, you can read a lot of things in the book and not have intimacy, like, you, like this deep connection, right? So he's like, through the knowledge of him who surnamed us by his own glory and excellence, called through their through these, he has given us precious and magnificent promises so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. So when you meditate on any of his promises, that's what we're talking about, you will start to get excited and it'll start to manifest in your life. Does that make sense? All right, let's keep going. All right, so how do we make this happening in the divinity? This is what I'm getting so many comments on. It's like, how do we make this practical? Um, just real fast, review. Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, who shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea? He's literally looking at the temple mount and he's going, when you get that you, this whole system is going to go away and be thrown into the sea, it's going to go away, fade away and die. The sea is where death happened, right? And that's why, like all the mythology, man, I got to do services on this because it's fun when you start. Look, we were doing that with Brad, wasn't it? We were all these types and shadows. like, whoa, we were just blowing each other. Like, oh, that's so good. I never thought about that. So we were talking about the sea and you know, every mythology has a dragon that comes out of the sea that goes and attacks some good god. That's all of it. Sounds a lot like Christianity, doesn't it? The dragon is coming out of the sea. And that's why Jesus and all chaos and everything comes out of the sea, right? So Jesus, this whole scripture then, but not my God. My God can even calm the sea and walk on it. There's so many things in there, guys, that we miss not having a Jewish mindset. And so, um, anyway, so he's going, hey, if you, if you, if you can realize you don't, you're not blessed because of that whole Temple Mount system trying to follow the law, that thing's going to die, and you shall not doubt where? 
Meaning it's not outside, guys. It's inside. It's if you, don't, if, if you get this thing, it shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things you, soever you desire, require, you know, that's one of the things of a hetio, that English word ask. When you ask, one of the definitions is if you require anything or desire anything. Got it? So if you desire anything when you pray, believe that you have received the orus, past tense as if it's already done, then you're going to have it. You, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more. So John 16, 24, until now you've been not bold enough to require, it's the same word, require a hetio. If you require a desire, ask I don't like again because it's like, oh Lord, please. And that's how most prayers are like, please Lord, I'm praying. I'm praying so, and then people go like, pray hard. It's not gonna change anything. He's freely already given us everything. It's like almost like relax and pray less. And be surrounded by the answers. If you already have it, then you shall have it. Does that make sense to you guys? That's why, that's why meditative prayer works. And so it's not this, I'm going to bang down the doors of whatever, and God's going to move. It has nothing to do with any of that. And so um, then you shall have it. So you haven't been bold enough to require anything the Father for a single thing in my name, but you can ask and keep on asking. And this is Passion Translation too. And you can be sure that you'll, re- you can be sure, sure, I'm sure of it. What do other people say? Man, I, I know in my knower. I'm sure of it. So whatever we require, you can be sure that what? You will receive it. And your joy will have no limits. If you just meditated on that, that'll move you. Does that make sense? That's why I can't stand all the books I've read on keys to answered prayer. I'm like, they're all wrong. It's not... It's, it's do this, ask for forgiveness. Otherwise, your pipes, I was taught that for, I don't know how long in Word of Faith, your pipe's clogged. And I'm like, let me clog your pipe. So I'm going to beat you with this pipe. So, all right. So this is why I, love, I was just reading this with Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's really cool. Listen to him and then see. So he's the guy who's getting these, uh, like Parkinson's going away, brain trauma going away, stage four cancer is going away in very short periods of time. Spontaneous remission, he calls it. Christians are trying to pray and fast and Shabbat, Abba, and they can't get it to work. So he's actually tapping into how God created us. So when you combine clear intention, I just put what you desire. Clear intention would be I'm focused on something, right? When you could provide clear intention with an elevated emotion, sounds like Philippians 4, love, joy, peace, etc. So gratitude, peace, freedom. You literally rewire your nervous system and turn on new genes. Like the diabetics, if all they did was laugh for an hour, it turned on 23 new genes to regulate their sugar. Isn't that cool? See, that's where, to me, I'm like, let's take this thing seriously, man. If they're, and they've got the data to prove it, which is cool. So you literally rewire your nervous system, turn on new genes, and you literally create your own miracles. Hallelujah, man. So, and I, re- I just wrote, doesn't this sound like prayer described by Jesus, John, Paul? You know, Jesus and Matthew, John, we just read in 16. Paul in Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. It says, whatever you require, with thanksgiving, gratitude. Doesn't that sound like, hey, be focused on something with gratitude? Doesn't it sound exactly like that? And so, um, so the old man, our, our, our flesh man, right? When we're trying to live under the law or flesh or trying to <clears throat> get it to move with our willpower, with our, I'm going uh, to lose 20 pounds this year. Yeah, right. 
you got to start seeing yourself like that. Otherwise, you may lose the 20 pounds, but your heart hasn't changed, and you're going to gain it right back, and now you'll be totally frustrated. Does that make sense? So the old man lives by the senses. What I feel, see, touch, etc., and determines how you feel. So um, scripture and science both say to begin to think, feel, and give thanks as if you, what you desire has already happened. That's Philippians 4. That's Mark eleven twenty three. 23. It's John 16. Isn't that Jesus, John, uh, Peter all teaching us, or Paul all teaching us how to pray the exact same way? He goes, don't, don't mumble a bunch of words like the, like the religious people do. Think that you're going to be answered. So meaning this is prayer is not really that much verbal. Prayer is internal because the spiritual world is where? Internal. Does that make sense? In fact, even Jesus, when he was praying, he goes, I know you hear me all the time, Father. I'm just saying these words so these guys get it. Because in fact, when I pray for the sick, etc., like, like uh, yeah, she Eden had healing, didn't we, when we prayed for yeah, that was kind of cool. So like, well, how do you do it? I'm like, man, I've changed everything over the last couple of years. It's just, I just, I visualize perfect love and grace just flowing through me to you. And, uh, and so we're, Barb was doing her thing. We we're just doing it. And she's like, man, my whole arm's tingling. I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't feel it, but I'm glad you do. I just, because it's spiritual. And I even told her, I said, your job is to do nothing. In fact, to watch the hockey game because the Winnipeg Jets and the Avalanche were on. <laughs> so I was like, your job is to not to, to believe and receive. I go, you do nothing. As let me just work on this with you. And I said, I'm not going to say a lot. So sometimes people get alarmed because I'm really just trying to, with clear intention, with an elevated emotion. So mentally I'm just going, thank you, Father, that you love her so much that you freely heal. And it's available at all times. And I just mentally just see and focus on that pure love, his healing grace flowing through every atom in her body. And it's almost always when we do it, they start to feel a warming sensation, don't they? It's like, throw me a bone every now and then, God. I don't usually feel it. So it'd be kind of fun, but usually when they do it, it's fun. And everybody can do it. Isn't that cool? Because if you, if you have a, combine it with a clear intention, whatever you require, believe that you have to receive it, past tense, with gratitude, then you'll have it, so your joy will be unlimited. That's a good father, isn't it? He's not withholding anything. So anyway, uh, the old man lives by the senses, and that determines how we feel. So we look at uh, whatever's going on in our life, and then we go, oh, God. And the minute you start doing that, what happens? Every thought, this is the, this, the neuro, neuroscience part that I love, every thought produces chemicals in your body that go, they're feeling like crap. Produce chemicals that makes them feel like crap. And then you start to feel like crap, and then what do your thoughts do? Oh, man, I feel like crap. And now what happens? You release more chemicals to go, and you're in this spiral that leads to depression, and, and the Bible calls it a stronghold. It's something in your life that's controlling you now, and you're not even controlling it. Your subconscious is controlling you. So the only way you're going to get out of that is not going, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. That's why you're frustrated in prayer. The only way to get out of it is go, I am going to see and feel. How would I feel and act as if my prayer was already answered? Because those, those, those elevated emotions of love, joy, peace, all those things rewire you over the lower emotions of anger, worry, anxiety. Isn't that cool? It's really, that's why I love the science because they, they do these, they literally, they show them that where they're sitting there and they're like, hey, start to think about this. If they're struggling financially, go, what would it take for you, for you to not feel like you were struggling financially? So they start to picture this thing in their mind and you literally start seeing everything, their brainwaves and everything start to go into this really cool place, and all of a sudden you start to see them, oh, they start smiling. It's beautiful. 
Or you can go, None of these guys do that, by the way. I'm not, I, I, that's what we were talking about, right? We were like, I don't care if you do it. I just, this, this has been more powerful to me than anything when I'm praying for the sick. I, I'm like, okay. Um, so, all right. So, science and scripture both say, begin to think, feel, and give thanks as if your already desired has already happened. Go look at those scriptures and see if it doesn't say that. And so, a thought with an elevated emotion literally rewires our nervous system and changes what we experience. So, here's what's really cool about our hearts and our, our, our subconscious, really. Your subconscious doesn't know whether it's real or whether you're just thinking it it immediately starts to go into action and make it come to pass in your life. Isn't that cool? So we can fake our, our heart out. That's what's really cool. And that's why I said believe and be surrounded by the answers if you already happen. Guys, if they're making Parkinson's go away in four days, it can handle your little deal, right? It really can. We're so fearfully and wonderfully made. He's given us a heart and a mind that's divine. We've forgotten who we are. In fact, uh, he was going through some stats and I remember some of this like, uh, do I have it here? God, it's cool. Just how wonderfully we were made. Yeah, I wrote a couple notes. So every one of our cells um, have DNA, right? Remember from high school? Deoxyribonucleic acid. Remember that? Don't you remember that? The, the double helix, right? What was it? Watson and Crick, right? That who it was? Yeah. I was pre-med. I remember some of this stuff. So, um, but here's literally, it's this. So every cell, if you take all the DNA of every cell in the world... Uh, oh, if you take all of our DNA, one person's DNA, uh, of every cell in your body, it would go to the sun and back 150 times. Okay, now that's a stat. Like, we are fearfully, wonderfully made. There's something going on here. And that, that's where, like, they can show the epigenetics, meaning you can change your genes and turn off good genes and turn on new genes to heal yourself. That's what they were just showing it, that when they were having elevated emotion, is with people that are they're stage four cancers and when they have an elevated emotion, they consciously stop being a turd because it's easy to go, this is just me. No, it's not. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You've programmed yourself, and it's not your fault as you believe to lie about yourself and who God is. Does that make sense? So if you can get over yourself and stop, you're not that special that it doesn't work for you. There's, he's no respecter of persons. So that's why I call it like, we just got to stop being us for a while. And get out of that nonsense. Like, no, he's designed us beautifully. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's freely available anytime we're willing to get over ourselves. Right? Now, um, so that DNA in one person goes to, to the sun 150 times and back. One person. Right? Now, here's, here, this one blew me away. If you take all the DNA of the 7 billion people on the planet, it fits in a grain of rice. Hallelujah, man. That's good stuff to me. <laughs> That is so fearfully and wonderfully made. What are we doing dinking around with this lower stuff? You know, trying to, I'm trying to be blessed by God by my this or trying to do that. It's like, no way, man. He's designed us to where we can live it and experience it and feel it. Does that make sense to you guys? So I would just do this. Is This is my challenge to all of us in 2019, including me. So starting today, right? So don't get in an argument with your spouse on the way. That just means you're being a turd, okay? I don't believe that. Stop, right? Stop. So what do you think would happen if we took one day, no matter what the, the five senses tell us, what our, what our relationships look like? Guys, we've, there's so many miracles too where people are trying to restore marriage relationships, etc. When one of the spouses literally just starts to picture this is what 
a, a, an intimate relationship would look like. This is what, uh, this is how I would desire my wife. This is how I would desire my husband. I'm telling you, if you do that, it changes everything about you. Instead of this anger, nah, 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 you really start going, man, she is the finest thing on the planet. <coughs> and it works. How do I know that? Because when, we when we were messed up in our marriage, did I think that? No, we were, no, we felt like you guys. Right? <laughs> but we took the time to do this, didn't we? We're like, um, men are from, what was that book? Men are from... Nah, baloney, man. We all, have the, we all have the same DNA. Follow me? That's, that's, that's an excuse to have a bad marriage. So, <clears throat> so what if we took one day, no matter what, you brought yourself back to thinking and feeling only what you desired? You guys have heard my whole little sticky thing, right? I remember when we first started doing this, I, I was a turd right away. Because I was like, we're, not, we're only going to think positive thoughts. We weren't like out of the parking lot. And I had like five marks of negatives. Like, whose stupid idea was this? Oh, yeah, it was mine. So, uh, <laughs> but it really was revealing. Like, whoa, how fast your mind goes to negative. Like, how many times do I worry about lack in a day? It'll shock you, right? Or how many times do I, uh, gosh, you know, my wife this or my husband this. What if we, or if, what, I don't care what you're dealing with, because there's really, there's three things I think always that if we boil it all down, we want to feel secure, taken care of financially. We want to be loved and valued, and we want to not worry about sickness. Didn't Jesus come and say, you don't have to worry about any of that? He said that, didn't he? Hey, I clothed, why are you worried about this stuff? Cast it on to me. Think on these things, and I'm telling you, it'll come back to you like nobody's business, right? Don't let the sun go down without forgiveness. Why? Because it's going to eat you up. Most of the time, the person that you're, that you're going, <laughs> he did this to me, and you're festering on this thing, right? And all it becomes who you are, eventually, if you just keep doing it. Because you start feeling bad, and you start thinking, man, your thoughts start to go, man, I'm bad. I feel bad. Your body starts to release more chemicals, and you feel bad, and that just becomes who you are. And that's what people see. This is just how I am. Change. Change. Unless you love that, unless you love misery. I'm just telling you, you're so fearfully, wonderfully made, you don't have to deal with any of that nonsense. So anyway, I would just challenge you is it'll get easier and easier and easier because what happens is when you think on good things, when you think on good things, just like when you think on negative things, when you think on good things, every thought you have, the brain starts to release a chemical that makes you feel better. And all of a sudden you go, man, I'm starting to feel better. And then what happens? You start to release, because you start to think, hey, I feel better. You start to release more chemicals that, man, I feel better. And that you literally rewire your whole nervous system, and that becomes you. And it's so true, guys. And that's how they're healing these. There's miraculous financial things just by doing that. And so that's how you partake of the divine nature, right? He goes, I've given you a heart and a mind, and guard those things with everything else's. And, uh, uh, you know, that's what we'll probably talk a little bit more about. We are the temple, guys. It's where he meets us is in our hearts and minds between the pineal, the pineal gland, in between the cher- cherubim, right? If that's all a picture of type and shadow of, of us, the true temple, then there's so much going on in there, isn't it? So that's where we meet him face to face is between the cherubim in our hearts and minds. Amen? Does that make sense to you guys? So I just wrote a couple things. You can get to your feet, but here's, I just wrote a few things. So this, this will help you out maybe. So relationships, let's just say, whether it's marriage or, or uh, anything, guess what, is you can heal that thing. And so I would just challenge you guys, I just wrote, start your day seeing and feeling your relationships as restored and in love. And you use your imagination 
to see your wife how you want her and how, how uh, uh, the emotion that, hey, this is, if, if we were, this is how I'd want my marriage to look like, and this is, I would want to feel intimate, and I would want to feel uh, love for her, and, and, uh, and you start seeing in feelings if you're already doing, and you start to rewire yourself, and all of a sudden you go, man, it worked. Does that make sense? And, and uh, so relationships, it works that way. It's fascinating. And so health. Um, this is what I was talking to Les about. I said, because he was talking about diet and all these things, and a lot of you guys do that. But as soon as you start putting a law on yourself, what happens when you want to go have a hot dog and a beer? All you guys that are into it, what do you, what do you start feeling? Guilt. Now what's going to happen? Oh, I exceeded my whatever today. Like just, that's why I don't even fight it. It's like... Right? What if James and Rhonda bring me a stack of wings? Like, oh, so I'm on the de- whatever diet. I'm like, baloney, man. It's just, no, no, the, no, it's not without that defiles a man. Come on, guys. It's not this hard, okay? So it is hard for you guys that go to Whole Foods, though, because, oh, this has got how many grams of that? You just created a law for yourself. Does that, does that make sense? You really have. It's fascinating. So anyway. See yourself whole, vibrant, with gratitude. You start seeing and picturing how you want it to be, right? And so uh, uh, I gave you that example of the brain trauma, the Parkinson's disease, the diabetes studies, where just by feeling the feeling of gratitude, they turned on 23 genes that regulate blood sugar. Isn't that cool? So I love that. So uh, finances. These are really the three things. Relationships, health, finances that most people deal with. Um, see yourself as already abundant and feel as if your prayers already been answered. You see yourself as if you're more than enough. That's where giving comes in too, guys. Is, uh, uh, if you're stingy on it, just, just telling you, it's, it's a heart issue. And it's going to be really hard for you to receive. And you don't have to, I'm just, it's really, oh man, I get myself in trouble there. So, so what would abundance look like to you? What does it look like to you? Every one of you can have a, so you start seeing only that for take one day that when your brain starts to go over here, we start worrying about either the past or we worried about not having enough in the future. Take one day to only feel and see with your imagination, your focus, your clear intention, what you desire. And then you know what? Then it goes into two days and it becomes easier and easier and easier. Because if you don't do that, you're automatically living from the past. Literally, because your subconscious is just running your life. Does that make sense? You can be doing everything right, and, and, uh, but you're going to go, why do I keep getting the same results? Because I'm telling you, you just believed the wrong thing about yourself somewhere. So I just wrote this. As we were created to be this abundant, joyful rivers of living water, these vessels of joy and giving and, and freedom and all these things, we're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be the salt. Amen? And so that's what we're supposed to be doing is living that way. And he's, I'm just trying to show you that how simple and easy it is to really radically change everything in your life. And so I would just tell you, hey, start seeing every one of those areas. Don't let another year go by because it's the year of whatever. And so every year, every minute, every second is that because he is that. Does that make sense? And he's made everything available that pertains to life and godliness. All we need to do is graciously receive. And how you do it is changing your hearts and minds. Fair enough? All right, so Father, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you, we just thank you. That, uh, oh, just let them see that they're not orphans, they're not victims. They, I don't care how bad it looks, how bad they've been treated in the past, is they don't have to live there. They can start to choose to live in gratitude every day of their lives. And as they do that, you literally rewire every part of their hearts and minds, and they start to live life 
live life, not endure life. They live life and live it more abundantly. We just say thank you. That we're designed to be these free, vibrant, healthy, giving vessels to bless everybody around us, to bless all humanity, not just Colorado Springs, but the world. And we just thank that this message is getting out to so many people right now. Because that's what we all want to do is just bless others. And, and uh, that's where life really starts to happen. So we just say thank you in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs>